1: Look you made me do! Look what you just made me do! Look what you just made me ooh! Look what you made me do! Look what you made me do! Look what you, you just made me do! Look what you just made me. But I, I don't know. <laughs> vampires look on a syncopated you, beat. <laughs>
0: look what you made us do, Taylor Swift. <laughs> exactly. How many vampires you got singing your tunes?
1: We have two. Ba boom. Boom. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining. (laughs) Welcome to Thoughts That Rock. The podcast that is Ah, about exchanging. ah, ah. one. (laughs) Not one. But two pieces of life changing (laughs) advice squeezed into about 30 minutes. This episode is brought to you (laughs) (laughs) by. Does it count Jocula? It better be brought to you by Kellogg's. (laughs) By Boo Betty. Well played. Well played. <laughs> by Bookie Car. Bookie Car. Oh. It's a dating app for
0: books. <laughs> My accent's going in now. You know I'm two seconds from a pirate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens. Every accent you do, you turn into a pirate.
0: Uh, oh, sponsored by Bookie Card. You'll never get me lucky charms. <laughs> It's a, it's
1: a pirate leprechaun. A
0: pirate oh. Just go
1: to bookycall.com.
0: Small, angry.
1: <sighs> Listen, pirates. despite the beginning, if you like this show, even do it, us a favor. If you don't, give us a review and a rating. You yep. pick whatever you want to, as long as it's five stars. One. that <laughs> One star. <laughs> two star. Three. That would mean a lot to us because the more ah, people ah, that ah. watch the show listen to the show uh, you can't really watch uh. this but you should be watching us do impressions it actually helps us raise a little bit more money for this awesome organization called Cannibal Kids Cancer yes. what do they do
0: brant Cannibal Kids Cancer comes up with innovative treatment options for kids who've run out of options they're amazing check them out online CannonballKidsCancer.org.
1: I notice whenever we do the Cannonball Kids cancer part, you yes. never make fun. There's, no, there's no a seri- that's a serious part.
0: It would be weird to it, read. Too it weird. As a pirate yes. vampire.
1: You know what isn't weird? What? <laughs> that accent the whole episode.
0: You couldn't keep it.
1: You know what isn't weird, Brant? People doing two things at once. One, (laughs) yes, (laughs) one. They could be trying to figure out how can they make their life better, Uh, and two, uh. they're they're listening to the show. Yes, they they could be doing both. It doesn't actually matter to us what you're doing. You might be, I don't know, waiting for a friend in the airport cell phone lot. Where are they? I've been here for an hour already. Maybe you're feverishly trying to separate wire hangers.
0: Oh, these damn things are driving me
1: crazy. <laughs> Maybe you're repotting your aloe plant. I need more poop. <laughs> poop for <laughs> aloe. You put poop and aloe together? Mm. Doesn't matter to us. We just muted the 30 minutes you've been waiting to listen to all week. We're so sorry, Felicia. Ba-boom. <laughs> Our guest today is Felicia White, who was recently the Vice President of Global Operations Training and Development for Church's Chicken and is now a restaurant industry consultant. She is awesome. I've known her for a while, just to be transparent, and uh, have been looking for an opportunity to get her on the show. So, first and foremost, Felicia, welcome to Thoughts at Rock. Thank
2: you for having me. I'm excited to rock out with you guys. Yeah,
1: we love that. And, of course, everybody knows we're going to have Felicia's full entire bio in the show notes. We highly encourage you to go check it out. Just a couple things we thought would be kind of cool to, to highlight here, though. In addition to managing training, Felicia is the co-founder and chair of the Employee Resource Group, uh, which is called Church's Women's Forum. She serves as a volunteer and board member for, with Chart, which is really how I got to know her. Chart, we've talked about them quite a bit on the show. They're the Council of Hotel and Restaurant Trainers. Um, she's also an active member with Women's Food Service Forum. We've had several guests that have also been mm-hmm. a part of that. Um, she's a sought-after subject matter expert in the area of frontline leadership development and offers consulting to various organizations in building leadership development and mentorship programs. Really big, uh, you know, with us because we both engage in some, some mentorship as well. She's currently working on her doctorate degree in adult learning and development at Northwestern State University, mm-hmm. you know, Brandt same thing you've thought about going oh, to a yeah. doctor i've thought about going to a doctor right that's as far right. as my <laughs> i think it's totally different um, and the other thing is felicia was recognized as one of the most influential restaurant executives in the country in 2020 on the power list by nation's restaurant news again i know Mm. we just sort of set the stage here but we're just so thrilled that uh, you have an opportunity to spend some time with us and and layer on this leadership uh nuggets we like to say and uh you know we're probably going to get right to it because this is a little bit different felicia than all these other podcasts we're not going to do a whole big long hour-long background of you uh our audience really loves to hear leadership advice and so we're gonna let the floor um, you, you take control of it so what is your thought that rocks Thoughts that rock number and one
2: and my thought that rocks is nobody really cares at the <laughs> end of the day nobody
1: really cares what <laughs> well, aren't you glass half full <laughs> this is going in a fun direction <laughs> tell us more about that where did that come from
2: uh, a little bit different there, but you know, it comes from a a, a uh, experience I have, and she's one of my, I consider one of my mentors, um, named Dr. Kim Kim Harris, and was sitting in a uh, breakout session that she was delivering actually at a women's food service forum and a leadership development conference, and she shared an experience around uh, a, a individual in the workshop that she was that uh, that she was presenting at. And that person was having a hard time throughout the day, or really throughout the week. This was like a week-long session, from what I recall. And um, because the rest of the individuals in the session would just talk about, oh yeah, last night I did this with a partner, or that with a spouse, and so forth. And this individual, who was um, was a part of the LGBTQ community, actually didn't feel comfortable sharing and was having a hard time connecting with the other individuals in the workshop. And so, uh, fast forward, she had a conversation with Dr. Kim pulled her aside and said, Hey, you know, what you, what's the reason behind, uh, you're, you're, you seem to be having a, a hard time here. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Kim, and she mentioned to her about her, um, uh, about her relationship, and Dr. Kim says, well, you know, you should probably share with the group next time that comes up and see what happens, and she shared, opened up with them about it, and at the end of the day, no one cared. It just, they just went along, and it was just like it was a natural thing, which it is, and so uh, I internalized that piece of advice, and I kind of used that as one of my personal mantras, because it wasn't for me until I started Dressing the way I wanted to dress and, and, uh, doing, stuffing outside of the box and doing the things that I wanted to do, like, Starting up the first employee research group at the organ at the uh, organization that I was a part of, and just other things like that that I was hesitant to do because I was always concerned about well, what might people say or what might people do. But once I did that, threw on a bow tie, put on a pair of cowboy boots, people were, it started. I started to stand out, mm-hmm. and it was me being my best, my best self, and so no one cared uh, that. I am the lesbian. No one cared about how I dressed or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It was really about just being able to be myself and being my best self. And that's what people took notice of. And so I I used that to say that all those things that people kind of get hung up on sometimes. Well, you know, if I I share something personal about myself or if I dress a certain way, what will will they say? What will do? What will happen? Well, you know, you probably find out that they just don't care.
1: Yeah. All right, that's a lot, a lot more positive it's than the, where I thought it was going. It's the positive go. side of nobody cares. Yes, <laughs> apparently there is a
0: side, yes. right? It's <laughs> flipped. It. I, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting something completely different. But the idea of you know, be who you are and and don't who cares what anybody else thinks and and what mm-hmm. you figure out is most of the time nobody does care what exactly <laughs> what is actually happening. They're so wrapped up in themselves. They're you know they they sort of do that. I think it's. Well, I think it's sort of part of the culture that you helped build at, at, at Hard Rock, right? Which was this, you know, embrace who you are and, and you know, let those, whether it was tattoos or piercings or sexual orientation, it doesn't really matter. It was mm. just be who you are and, and be the best version of that person that you can be. And at the end of the day, that's the most authentic experience anybody can have, right?
1: Yeah. And well, and it's funny because when I think back 25, 30 years ago, Hard Rock was doing that. Almost before everybody else. Yeah. Now it's pretty commonplace. And people like your friend Felicia, um, Kim Harris, you know, mm-hmm. or, or people that were even in that circle, that discussion, I'm assuming that it affected them at some point when people go, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Like that starts to spread a whole lot quicker. Mm-hmm. And now you look at where we are in society. I think that whenever that occurred, I think now it's really probably some negative too people really don't care they got their own issues that they're dealing with but i think it's just more accepting um today than ever before in fact you know we've had a a lot of people that have talked about authenticity on the show we were just talking about you know cat cole but our friend amanda height um came on the Mm -hmm. show and talked about it we've had uh, ashley brundage um, spent some time talking about it Nene James who yeah. hers was a little bit different because of her voice. And she used the don't change your voice. She just used that as an analogy. But I think the point is once they sort of turn the corner instead of trying to fit into somebody else's box or the way they should behave or look or, or feel or say whatever it is, once they sort of get past that and go, it doesn't really matter. I'm just going to be myself. I think they found that they're healthier. They're happier. They're more productive. Um, like you, they're more influential. So I know you, maybe that one moment uh, helped out a lot. Fast forwarding though, where do you think that that advice that you're now giving to other people, how did that affect you going forward? How did that change your life?
2: Uh, it, it really changed my life because I was able to just be free and be myself. And um, in doing so, all of those things, Small things, really. When you think about it, such as how you dress or your sexuality or where way you wear your hair, um, those things were holding me back from putting forth the real me and putting forth showing who I am and being able to to share uh, my experiences and what my thoughts were and things like that. So the human side, of course, is, I guess is what I'm getting at there. And so when I was able to do that, I realized that other people Started to do the same. So part of that whole thought process when it comes to authenticity and not just the thought process behind it, but actually behaving as such and really living in that space is that when you do it, you give other people permission to do the same. Right. Because they're looking at, at those individuals, especially people who are uh, have that influence or in those leadership uh, positions and wondering, can I be me and be that? And so, when you are both of those things, they realize that, oh, yeah, I can do, I can be who I am and at the same time excel or or do those things, be those, uh, have those roles or aspire, achieve those successes, whatever that looks like for that individual, they Mm -hmm. can have both. You don't have to change who you are in order to do that. You just have to bring your best self to the table.
0: Yeah. I love it. I think it's, you know, uh, often we hear about sort of, people putting on a mask, you know what I mean? That, that, uh, trying to be somebody they're not. What I don't think that we, we get right in that analogy is that it would be like putting on a 40 pound mask, right? Because it comes with weight. There's, Mm -hmm. there's so much weight on that. There's so much burden that, that comes with that, um, that it's not just about, you know, faking it till you make it. It's, it's, there's a, there's a toll. There's an emotional weight that comes with doing that. I, 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 in my head, I go back to, you know, in my uh earlier days i did the uh, a pbs te- television show a kid's show called whiskers outdoor world right yeah. right and one i was one of my faves right it's everybody's it's it's back when barney was a thing um and so you know they, they hired me to to be the voice of whiskers and so i uh, as i as i was doing the voice of whiskers um it morphed into well, we need you to get into the uh, whiskers was a giant chocolate labrador uh uh that that lived out in the forest with his uh owner and um he had a bunch of friends in the woods his squirrel friend and what is happening grandpa turkey legs i'm getting there (laughs) and and um the 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 point of it was when they made me be the the get into the actual puppeteer costume yeah it looks really cute you know but Mm -hmm. the head of this dog was on a pith helmet that weighed 40 pounds The dog had weighed 40 pounds and walking around all day with a 40 pound helmet Uh. on my head. You know, I I think I came out of that whole shoot like two inches smaller and and 10 pounds lighter because it was also 180 (laughs) degrees in that costume. But to think about doing that metaphorically day in and day out and just carrying this burden around. To be somebody that you aren't, there's no energy found in trying to be somebody that you aren't. There's no way to tap into those resources within you that that give you the strength and courage to to bring whatever it is to the surface that that is actually you. And so I just I I hate to see that because it's I think it's so much more common for people to take that route yeah. than for them mm. to to just be who they are and own it. I mean, that, that, that's really what it, what it's about is finding that courage to own who you are. And then when you start living it, you, you don't have to tell people because they, they see it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so those fellow coworkers and things, I tell people all the time, I say this, I'm a broken record with this, but when you, you know, when you have proof, you don't need belief, right? I tell the people that I coach all the time. Instead of trying to convince yourself to believe something that you can't find proof of, find the proof and acknowledge it. And then you don't have to believe anything. Just acknowledge the proof. And when you start being who you are and people see that, you are giving them license to be who they are, Interesting. right? Interesting. And yeah. so it's Permission. like, there's the proof. I don't need to believe. I'm watching it happen right in front of my eyes. And that really is, is I think, did, did you find that when you finally embraced being you that that had as much impact maybe as anything you've ever done uh from a training and development sta- uh, standpoint was it that just they saw you finally for who you were and you were able to to maybe connect with them at a different level
2: Absolutely I mean that that was the training yeah that uh-huh. was the that was the lesson that was yeah. the the true curriculum <laughs> yeah uh-huh. you, you know we we any other skills and and uh you know you can teach those things you can learn those things but when it comes to really uh creating behavior change with individuals that they that takes having an example to follow i need to see what that looks like i need to experience it Mm -hmm. and so when you are in that space and when people see that that's what they learn everything else they'll, they'll happily follow along with take in, absorb, listen to, memorize, whatever it is you need them to do at that point. But um, a, a person can't connect with you if they don't trust you and authenticity uh, gives you that trust there. They can't connect with you if they don't know you. And so uh, and, and part of what happens, the block that occurs is that uh, when when people feel you aren't being yourself, they start to fill in the blanks, or I call it in other words, they make up the story. So you've got to tell your own story before they yeah. make up their own version of yours. It's not in a malicious way. They're not doing that to be malicious. They're just doing that because they need to connect. Yeah. And so I need to connect with you. I need to come up with my story of who you are. It's like when you're sitting in the airport and you're people watching, and you come up with these stories in your mind about where this person is going and who, this, who that person is with, and you... Because you have no idea, right? But you just come. It's, a, it's a, that's your way of connecting with those other humans in the space. That I walk up through your airport, yeah. and so that's what people do. That's what we do with each other. If I don't know, then I'm going to make it up because I want to feel somewhat close to that's you or, right. or feel somewhat connected to you.
1: You actually are already starting to allude to to our corresponding thought. I was just thinking though, because you and I are both. Uh, fellow and former training executives, you know, training and development was my background. And I remember, you know, w- with my boss, we created a corporate university and there were two levels. The one we always did once a quarter, and I did this for 18 years, was called Rock 101. And it was basic management stuff, how to coach and counsel employee, how to read a PL, how to interview somebody, how to handle guest complaint, like tactical, practical type stuff. But there was a second level that you could go to called Rock 202. You had to be with the company three years. You had to go through Rock 101. You had to be in good standing with the company. You had to be nominated two levels above. And it was all personal development. It had nothing to do with Hard Rock, with the company. It was all about making you a better person. And although I wouldn't say we we narrowed out authenticity, what it was is about making you a better human. Therefore, we think you'd be more productive in business. And it's funny, and I've shared this on the show with Brant before, that there were times that people were leaving the company and on their exit interviews, they were saying, I'm leaving because of what Jim Knight just taught me in Rock 2. And I'm like, (laughs) well, that's not helping me at all. But I think to your point, and maybe to your question, Brant, you know, those things are actually more important. I would rather somebody leave the business and go discover themselves and say... I've been climbing this corporate ladder only to figure out that the ladder has been on the wrong wall. I really needed to be over here. Let me focus on this as a career or my significant other or whatever the case may be. So that was way more rewarding when you can get to that. And to your point, that was the training. I would rather do more of that than I would have this other stuff to make you a better manager, if you will. So I'm with you on that. You, you were making that analogy though, about, you know, what you Wanna be and how you want to live your life versus maybe what other people think and that, that fits in perfectly with, with our thought.
0: Um Brant, you wanna sure tell us what that thought is? <laughs> our thought this week comes from the legend known as Oprah. Never heard of her. No, she's got a little bit of success. Behind her. Her. Yes. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> That's Oprah with a B for billions. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> um, and her the quote is this: Four step rock number two. Don't be confused between what people say you are and who you know you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I mean, that just falls right in line, right? So obviously, uh, being a values coach, and, uh, and you know, it's incredibly important to me for people to discover who they are. If you can't tell me what your non negotiable values are, um, I can't expect you to be who you are because you don't know who you Mm are. (laughs) So that sort of work, that two Oh two level work where it's not about the company. It's about you personally. Once you know what your non-negotiables are, then you have a really good idea of what makes you tick. Right. And, and, and where your purpose lives. Mm -hmm. And so,
1: and the sooner that you do it, I mean, your whole push is geez, wouldn't it have been nice to have figured some of this out
0: early in your career or personal life? I was 40, what? 47 years old before I, figured it out and, and, you know, slugging through 20 plus years of living life, not really knowing, having an idea. And I think that's why none of us really do the work is that we all have an idea of what matters to us, but if push came to shove and you had to name the non-negotiable ones, people flounder, they flounder because they've never done that level of work. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like in this quote of, there is so much noise that happens every day and so much influence casts towards our direction from bosses, coworkers, you name it. Strangers who have no especially social media, right? No idea who you are, but they're they're casting judgment. They are they are putting forth this idea of who you are. And to me, the best way to battle that again, it sound like a broken record, show them proof of who you really are and then just point to that and go Why would you believe that? Why would you ever think that anything other than what you see is who I am, right? Is that how you've sort of moved forward with everything in your life is... You know what you see is what you get, and this I'm not I'm not hiding anything. I'm not I'm not squashing anything. I'm just going to be who I am. And if you love me, great. If you don't love me, that's okay too.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was at a good friend of mine's wedding. um they, they got married on New Year's Eve. Thought it was an awesome, perfect day to get uh, to get married. But at a rehearsal dinner, she was just talking about different people that were involved in the wedding, and and um, I supported her with with um, coordinating the wedding, although no, I am not a wedding coordinator, nor have any plans to be. But I did that for her. We've known each other for a long time. And so she she was sharing with the in front of the audience at the rehearsal dinner, just some, some things about our relationship. And we've known each other for 15 years. And she actually said that, you know, I've known this person for 15 years, and if you were to look up consistency in the dictionary, her picture is next to it. And so she's, she's the most consistent person that I know, which means she's always who she is. What you see is what you get. Uh, there's no hidden agenda. You, you there's, no, there's nothing hidden. And don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not running around just spilling out tons and tons information to people. I do get dressed every day. <laughs> Um, but it really it really boils down to people when they when they you're you're kinda of branding yourself really. Yeah so your personal identity becomes your personal brand. And so what are those things about you that people can expect and they know and that's what that consistency comes to? So if I know I can call this person in the middle of the night when I'm having a bad day and they are going to answer, they won't stay on the phone long because, yes, they're asleep, but they'll give me five minutes, make me laugh, and, and I'm good. That person is the person you can call. When you have that person that uh, you know they're going to be in this really tough meeting and you can – but if you tell them ahead of time, hey, I'm going to be in this tough meeting – but, uh, would you just mind, you know, texting me a funny meme so I could just glance at my phone and see that and put a smile on my face to yes. help me continue on? Then they know you're that person who can do that. And those are small things. It doesn't, it, it, you know, you don't have to have some, make some monumental contribution to a person's life. It really boils down to that, be having that consistency. And, and you can't have that if you don't know who that person is which is why authenticity is so important in being authentic and displaying that, especially as a leader.
1: I was actually thinking about you, uh, even in in just uh, preparing, I I think, the show and just where we were going to go in this this conversation. And uh, it's funny, one of my favorite artists, a singer-songwriter named Gavin DeGraw, a lot of people don't know who he is. He's got a very unique sound, but he's got probably his his most famous song. It's called I Don't Want to Be. And it's a little autobiographical because he talks about – the fact that he struggled with what he wanted to do in life. This is before he was a singer. But even when he was in the music business, and I'm talking in front of somebody who lived the rock star life, you know, that Brandt did that for, for 25 plus years. What he found out is that even before, but certainly in that business, he was surrounded by people that lied to him, that were imposters. You know, it, there were a lot of poses around and they wanted him to move his sound, move his angle, be a certain way. And it sort of goes back to what you were saying before, Felicia. He just didn't want to do that. And it maybe it it took an epiphany at some point for him to go, I don't want to listen to all these other people. I maybe had to do certain things to get to where I am right now. But, you know, his unique sound now I think is very representative. A little bit of a problem because he doesn't have the mainstream can't be on the radio stations that maybe the three of us would listen to or the common you know general public but he decided you know what I'm just going to be my own self and and uh, and and hopefully that reflects that and I'll get some success from it and I I equate that a little bit to your life as well I mean I Brant I don't know if you remember this but I just shared Felicia's story in my latest book in leadership that rocks and was highlighting the fact that once she turned that corner made that decision whether it was an epiphany or it was a, a little bit of a longer decision when you said, you know what, I'm not going to be what everybody else wants or expects. I'm going to be me. And you've been promoted several times. You've, you've impacted and influenced a lot of people in that brand and outside of that, certainly with an association like Charge. So, I, you know, first off, I would just say thank you for doing that because I think you're such a great role model for so many other people. And, and people are watching. I know your thought is people don't care. They they do care about you. I think <laughs> you planning your flag out there and saying this is who I am. I think you're really setting the stage for a lot of other people that are going to come behind you. I think. it's so mm-hmm. kudos to you. Thank
2: you. Thank you for that.
0: I'm yeah. I'm waiting for her leadership book to come out called Bowties and Cowboy Boots. That's yes. that would be a great. <laughs> I think she should a great. It book. is.
2: It's coming. It's coming. Yeah, <laughs> is it? I it love needs to. Love needs it
0: needs to. <laughs>
1: So, uh, you know, I, I know that you've got some things that are coming up in your future. I mean, what what is uh, what does the future look like for Felicia White? You've got a lot of great things that are going on. Like I said, I know that you're heavily involved in CHART. Uh, what's next for you?
2: Yeah, I want to continue to contribute in this field, uh, in the training round. Definitely right now, big focus is this PhD. I uh, finished the yeah. first year. With a 4.0 So Ooh, I am to back for that Ooh. And then so uh, my, my Year 2 started actually On yesterday So okay. <laughs> I am back in the books And going forward with that I am in the process of finishing up that book uh, And the title of the book Is going to be Voltaise and Cowboy Boots oh, and hey, What a good guess so, That's uh, perfect <laughs> so wow. uh, I uh, want that one We got some finishing touches That I'm working on there But that, uh, that'll be forthcoming and then wow. just continuing to see whatever, what other, how how else I can continue to contribute, especially in this hospitality and food service space. It's a space that I, quote unquote, grew up in, so to speak, when it comes to my career. I'm very passionate about serving people and, and, uh, and may, you know, playing some small part in a person's day through a meal or, mm. uh, so, uh, through a service or an experience. And so I'd love to be able to continue in that. That's and uh, awesome. supporting people and getting the tools and resources that they need to be their best, so that they can uh, be move forward and hit whatever point it is and those goals and things that they have uh, for desires in their lives.
1: Awesome. that's great. where And where could they uh, maybe reach out to you or learn a little bit more about you? where Where would you like for our audience to go?
2: I'm really, really engaged in LinkedIn. That's probably one of the first places I'd point you to, look me up on LinkedIn. I'm happy yeah. to connect with you and can- kind of stay. you can also shoot me an email, White, 411 at com. really simple, <laughs> not okay. too hard to remember. Um, I'm-, I'm better with, with uh, email and LinkedIn than other social media platforms, but I am on Twitter and uh, Instagram as well, and
1: Facebook. Fantastic. Well, we'll have all of that information. And if you didn't catch it fast enough, we'll put it all in the show notes for everybody so they can do that. You're like Karnak, Brandt. You, you didn't even know that was the name
0: of the book. It just I, made I, sense. I, It, it was- totally made sense. Perfect. Now, if you tell us the subtitle is at the end of the day, no People one don't care. care <laughs> them, <laughs> we, <laughs> might, we might push back a little bit on that
1: <laughs> title. Good subtitle. Not so much. Well, we love you. We're we're so um, you know honored to have you on here. We're going to keep an eye on your journey, and just thanks for just stopping by and spending a little bit of moments with us. And uh, I'm sure our audience can be very excited about this.
2: Thank you for having me. Enjoy You're the awesome.
1: conversation. You're the you best. got it. You're a rock star. Thanks. Rock on.
0: Hey, rock stars! Thanks so much for tuning in. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode.
1: Yeah, and if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, whether as a webinar for a virtual event or in person as a conference keynote, contact us directly at thoughtsthatrock.com.
2: Until next time, rock, rock on! on.